This is Shane Sharp. Hope you're enjoying the views here at Section 113 with Travis Demers. All right, welcome into the Section 113 podcast as the Blazers road trip continues in Miami against the Heat. Split the first two games against the Phoenix Suns. I'm Travis Demers. Happy to have you with us here on this edition of the pod. And it is time for me. It is long overdue, by the way, to welcome in our guest today. My former radio partner, the one and only Chad Doing. Chad, what's up, man? Finally, you're on the pod. I know. Well, I think finally we both have voices that are in working order. We both suffered through uh, some voice problems early in the season. But, man, it's great to hear your voice and uh, great to reconnect with you on the air. And I'm glad you're doing the pod to give everyone a preview of all the different Trailblazer games coming up on the schedule. For sure. It's great to talk to you. And I'm glad your voice is 100 percent. Um so you didn't have a chance to to do your show or do the fifth quarter or game day for the first, what, four or five games of the season. So when all of this stuff was going on to begin the year, um, that was surprising. And we weren't expecting a lot of this to go down the way that it did. You didn't get a chance to talk about it. So when you finally did, what did you say? That I was blown away with multiple things, Trav. I think... Um you know, the list that I would make in my mind, uh, you know, through the first, uh, you know, couple of weeks of the season, number one, Dame clearly was back to being 100 percent and uh, clearly on his way to returning to MVP form, which is great news. So that was very impressive. Um, I think uh, the newcomers, you know, I, I put Josh Hart into that because now that we've got the full group to see him along with Jeremy Grant, I think Jeremy Grant, I I, I always knew he was good. Um, I didn't want him to be kind of the prize catch of the offseason, but he's much better than I thought. And I think he's much better in this role, not as the number one option in Portland, but the quick release. Uh, he moves very well on offense. He's uh, been very, um, uh, you know, uh, key in late game situations, not afraid to take the big shot. Um, and he's played really hard like Josh Hart. So I think those things jumped out of me with the starting lineup. And then I think that the biggest surprise, and it's the most pleasant surprise of all, has just been all the guys that I did not think would be um, consistent contributors off the bench have been tremendous, uh, whether it's Shaden Sharp and his uh, um, you know, contributions as a youngster, uh, Drew Eubanks, who uh, has been terrific uh, in his play, tough, uh, in the right position, good finisher around the rim, uh, and then, of course, uh, Justice Winslow with uh, his ability to defend multiple spots on the floor, his rebounding and toughness. So when you put all those things together, it's just it makes for a good basketball. And, and I've heard that you've probably heard the same thing I have, Trav, is that from fans that they're fun to watch. It's an entertaining brand yeah. of basketball. So that those are the things that jump out, you know, through the six and three start. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, so with that, and you talk about some of the guys that, that you didn't expect to be doing the things that they're doing. How long have you and I talked for years that you put guys in roles that they're not designed for and they're not going to have success? This team, it feels like when everybody's healthy, of course, you know, the last couple of games aside, that the players that are on this team understand what their roles are and they fit those roles very well. Yeah, it's a great point, Trav. I, I think and credit to Chauncey Billups and the staff for I think what they've done ever since last year and into this year is that They've, they've got those roles defined for each and every person on the team, and they keep it simple in terms of expectations for those guys. So when they hit the court, they know what they have to do. Um, it's a clear message from the coach, and they play hard. And I think as a, as a reward for that, the, they know that the coach isn't going to yank them off the floor when they miss a shot or make a mistake. And I think that's created right. confidence with all of the uh, 
the role players and the uh, the youngsters, guys like um, Keon Johnson and Shaden Sharp, and I, I really like that in terms of what Chauncey and his staff have done for those guys. You know, I want to talk to you about Dame and not what he's done in, in his you know five games that he's played. He didn't play the last three games. They're two and one in those games. For the game against Miami, he's questionable. Uh, Anthony Simons is doubtful. That, you know, for those who don't know, that means there's a 25% chance that he'll play. Questionable is a 50% chance. I don't know if he's going to play or not against the Heat. But in years past, and it sounds like the last couple of games, he, he really wanted to get out there and you know, and, and they've said, no, we're, we're going to keep you out and keep you you're resting a little longer. In years past, the Blazers haven't been able to do that because of the personnel. You, you had to have Dame on the floor if you wanted to win games. That doesn't really seem to be the case anymore, at least in, in short spurts, right? We're talking about three, four, five, six games, however much it's going to be for him. So how do you play this? And how important is it to know that you're going to play tough and hard and have a shot whether he's out there or not? Yeah, I, I think that's what we saw, you know, with that game, you know, on, you know, the back-to-back games against the Suns where, you know, they got the win on Friday. And I think they came out and said, you know what, we're going to give Dame some extra time and we'll, we'll reevaluate and look at Miami because of the way those guys played. And I look, I mean, I think we all know that there are certain players, Dame included, uh, and every team's got one where, they can't survive a, a two or three month stretch without Dame, but if they have to go, right. you know, three, four, five, six games without Dame or a couple of weeks, they now know what the depth they've got and the guys that they can reshuffle at guard. And of course, it's going to be helpful when Gary Payton II makes his debut here in about a week that they've got the players where they can go out there and play and play hard and put themselves in a position to win. And and I think that's great because it, it should help encourage. Um, uh, this idea with Dame where as he's you know aging in his career that if there's any question mark if it's a calf or if there's a lingering something then they rest him and, and make sure he's 100% because I, I'm sure that the, the biggest key uh, for, for the coaching staff for Dame is just to make sure he's at his best at the end of the year so but again part of this comes from the willingness of the coaching staff to play the youngsters and when you give time to Shady yes. Garp and you give time to Keon Johnson and Justice Winslow uh, they they now know what they can expect from those guys, and those guys have the confidence because they've been on the floor. And so it, it all works together. But I think we'll see this as the season moves along. If it's Ant and it's foot inflammation or it's Dame and a calf or it's Nurk and an ankle or whatever the situation may be, they're not going to rush guys back into the lineup just to chase a game. They'll do what's right to keep the guys healthy so they can be strong down the stretch. You know, with Shaden, you you were adamant all throughout the preseason and, and late in the summer leading up to the season that he needs to play, right? And and it makes total sense. I just wasn't sure that we were going to see that. And we, we hadn't seen him really at all until the preseason. And I remember when I was down at Santa Barbara for training camp, the one day that I saw him, I'm texting you. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy, this guy's the real deal. And there was still, I mean, there's still rookie moments, right? He's just, he just turned 19 in May. But what have you seen from him in the time that he's been out there? Well, I, I've, and trust me, I was really happy when you were sending me positive texts about, you know, shading down at camp. But what I've seen is just um, the game. The game doesn't move as fast for him as it does for a lot of young players. It's uh, he's not um, overwhelmed by the situation. He's not just happy to be an NBA player. He's just calm and comfortable, and he moves at the pace that you need to be able to have success. And then when you combine that with his shooting stroke, which appears to be pure in terms of mechanics, and then the ridiculous athleticism that he's showcased already on both ends of the floor with his shot blocking and his ability to attack the rim. Um, 
I just see a guy that he's only going to get better as time moves along. And that's why I'm so yeah. – uh, of all the things the coaching staff has done, the, the thing I'm most proud of with Chauncey and his staff is that they have carved out minutes for Shaden, and they're going to commit to playing him at least 15 minutes a night. And, and so I just look at it like this. He's already look, look, at how, look how good he looks right now. Imagine what that's going to do for Shaden Sharp come midseason, Shaden Sharp towards the end of the year. And then as he enters camp going into year number two, he's going to be so much farther ahead. And, and the beauty here is that now, because they've committed to this, if he continues to work hard and develop, now all of a sudden going into year two, you've got a legitimate option in your rotation and Shaden Sharp who can help Dame and the rest of the vets be able to go out and make a run. So I, I think they're playing it perfectly. And props to Shaden Sharp, who didn't play in summer league, was behind the eight ball a bit in terms of development. But because of his work and the coaching staff's commitment to him, he's been able to get up to speed quickly. You know, with the Miami game um, on Monday night, you know, obviously we've seen Miami, and one of the things that Miami did is they, they're very physical, right? And they're in the right places on defense. They force a ton of turnovers. They're relatively healthy. Uh, Tyler Hero is, is questionable. He's the only one that's on the injury report. Other than Victor Oladipo, and he hasn't played this year. We know what's going on with the Blazers. So what, what do you need to see differently in that game against Miami uh, than we saw back at, in Portland a, a week or so ago? Uh, a couple of things that jump out at me. One, um, uh, ball security. Um, you know, the turnovers have been an issue, and partly that's because, you know, when you don't have Damon Ann on the floor, you know, real ball handlers, that can become a problem. With the pressure Miami's going to create, you've got to avoid some of those turnovers that can lead to easy buckets like we saw in the first matchup. And I think even last night against the Suns, they had like 18 turnovers, which led to 18 points. So you got to you got to protect the basketball, value possession. And then I, what I'd like to see them do on offense really from what we saw on Friday in that game against Houston, you know, just continue with the ball movement and player movement, you know, where they, if they can get up there between 25 and 30 assists and make sure that they're forcing the Miami defense to rotate and have to cover all five spots. I think that will put them in a better position aside from the physicality. I think that was the biggest thing you mentioned it. that jumped out at me. Miami is a team that, that's their mentality, and when it slows down in a half-court game, they get real physical. I just want to see what the Blazers' response is from everyone who was on the floor for that game, how they react to the physicality, meaning um, be prepared for it, mentally understand they're going to try and come after you and, and, and respond. And uh, and then defensively, like if you go through a three- or four-minute stretch without a field goal, you know, continue to get aggressive on defense and match them. And if, you, if they can do that um, – you know, the way I look at it is if they can get physical like that and force the Miami defense to work, put yourself in a position where with six to eight minutes to go in the game, you got a chance to win it. And uh, I think this is a good early season test against a legitimate foe. So I'm, I'm anxious to see the response to the to Miami's physicality, which was pretty evident at Moda Center. You know, we talked so much in the offseason, Chad, about how deep the Western Conference is. And it is. But, you know, obviously Golden State has gotten off to a slow start. Utah's gotten off to a hot start. The Thunder have won some games that, you know, maybe people thought they wouldn't have. The Blazers are better than people thought they would uh, would have been. Uh, I don't know what to make out of the, out of the West right now. Um, things are going to even out. We'll figure it out eventually. We're only eight, nine, ten games into the season, depending on, on who has played. But what's your thoughts on on how things have developed to this point of the season across the Western Conference? Well, I think what I've seen is that, you know, teams like Portland, Oklahoma City, uh, some of these other uh, Utah, I think these teams are just playing much harder and uh, are much more in tune. They're being aggressive and they're being rewarded for that. Just look at the way Portland has outworked and out hustled a number of teams they played and, and they've been rewarded at the foul line because of it. So I think the, uh, the how hard the Blazers are playing is – 
a major contribution. I would agree with you. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to come on strong as the season progresses, teams like the Warriors and so forth. So I look at Portland and I'm like, okay, uh, six and three to start. You, you know, like I do, that I've always looked at the first 22 games and they've got 13 more to go to get through the end of November. If Portland is in a position to where they're, you know, six, seven, eight games over 500 at the end of November, as they get to that rough part of the schedule, then that's going to put them in a great spot because, look, man, take advantage of all these other teams that aren't, you know, focused and playing well right now. Pile up wins so you have some padding going down the stretch to where you can put yourself yeah. in a uh, playoff position in the West. Going into the season, you know, I, I um, uh, for a variety of reasons, I, I thought Portland would be a play-in team at best. But because of their hot start and if their defense continues to develop the way it has so far, they're a top-10 defense right now, that they will have a chance to make a run at one of the top six seeds in the West. So keep piling up wins. Take advantage of these teams that aren't locked in yet. And then at the end of the season, you won't look back and say, man, if we would have grabbed this game or that game, uh, uh, I, I, I think that's what you got to do. Just keep piling up wins now and and let everything shake out as the season continues. But, dude, th- th- through the rest of November, the schedule is brutal. And so far, Portland's responded yeah, so well that I'm just – like right now, after that split in Phoenix, I'm looking at the rest of the road trip. Like, it, you you know as well as I do, man, if they come back from this trip at 3-3 three and three, at worst, you know, if they're a 500 road trip with the teams they had to play, that would be a major accomplishment. So Portland's putting themselves in a position to have a solid record at the end of November, which is going to put them in a uh, – uh, it'll put them in a, a prime position to make a run in one of the top six seeds in the West. So pile up wins, and I don't care what these other teams are doing. If they're not going to show up and play hard, take advantage of it and, and get yeah. as many wins as you can. Our last thing I want to ask you, and I normally wouldn't ask this question nine, ten games into the season, but somebody asked me, and I'm going to tell you my response, and then I want to get yours. Somebody asked me, what is the ideal trade that you would make for this team? And, and my answer was, I don't know. Because I don't know what this team healthy totally looks like. If you go out and trade for a four, well, Jeremy Grant's your four right now. You go trade for a three, what are you giving up? And you lose something with Josh Hart now not being the starting line for, or whatever that looks like. And how is this team with Gary Payton the second? So I think eventually we'll, we'll find out what that missing piece is. But I have absolutely no idea what it is right now. How do you see it? Uh, I agree. I, I want to see like I, I, last night I was thinking of a number like I'd like to see like a three to four week stretch with Gary Payton, the second and everyone else healthy and see what this team can be, because I'm anxious to see what the different combinations defensively once GP2 is back, what chance he's able to do. What I think they're going to do, Trav, is if this team is winning ball games and continuing to play like we've seen through the first nine games as they get around the trade deadline. I would not expect any major changes to the lineup. They, I think what they're going to do is if, if this team continues to win and they position themselves to be one of the you know top six teams in the West, they're going to let this group continue to play and make a push for the playoffs. If things were to go sideways and you know uh, they were to go on a massive losing streak or if there were serious injuries, then I think it would change everything. But I don't expect major changes if things continue like this as a trade deadline nears. Chad Doing is with us here on the Section 113 podcast. Of course, you can find him on Twitter at Chad and Rip City. You can hear him on the Trailblazers flagship, 620 AM Rip City Radio weekdays with Dwight James, 3 to 6. Also, Trailblazers game day. What was it? Uh, two and a half hours before tip. Is that when it starts now? That is correct. Okay. And then, of course, the fifth quarter show with Chad Doing, joined by Chris Burkhart after every Trailblazers game. 
Chad, you're the best, man. Reunited, it feels so good. I miss you, and uh, thanks for the time. Yeah, I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. All right, there it is, the Section 113 podcast. Of course, you can hear the Blazers and the Heat in Miami. 5.30 tip-off on Monday night. Myself and Michael Holton will have the call. Mike Lynch will have the pregame show for you starting at 4.30. Thanks so much for joining us. Big thanks to Chad Doing, and we'll see you next time on the Section 113 podcast.